With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bécher, meaning digger. Hello everybody, welcome along to another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast and in this one we're looking ahead to the England against Pakistan Test Series. We're putting up our predictions on the series, looking at the first Test match as well at Old Trafford. Before we get into that, big thank you to tvsportsblog.com for their support of the Cricket Badger Podcast. Give them a follow as well on Twitter if you can, at tvsportsblog. But let's get into the chat about this series coming up. It's a three-match series, we have one Test at Old Trafford. Two at the Aegeus Bowl, and I'm joined, as I was during the West Indies series, by journalist Graham Hardcastle. Graham, how are you? I'm not so bad, James. You And you're in Durham. You're on Yorkshire duty at the moment, aren't you? You had a good day there. I am. Yeah, back in the uh, back in the county saddle. It's uh, it's great to be back. You know, I, I thought that Yorkshire were exceptional with the ball. Probably, you know, not far off as as good as I've seen them for a long time. Um, in, in all fairness, I haven't seen them for a long time for obvious <laughs> reasons. But you get you get what I mean. Yeah. You know, for a, a good couple of seasons, they they were just really, really ruthless. It's, it's great to see county cricket back. Bob Willis Trophy. All systems go on that, and it's going to be interesting to see how that goes over the next uh, few weeks. But obviously, on this podcast, we're looking ahead to the Test series between England and Pakistan. England. Coming into this, I was going to say fresh. It's only a few days ago the West Indies series finished, wasn't it? But um, fresh from beating West Indies two games to one after coming back after losing that first test match. And I think, Graham, this Pakistan side coming over, with all due respect to West Indies, I think this is probably a slightly bigger task for Joe Rook's men. Yeah, potentially. You probably mentioned it on the last podcast we did, that you're never quite 100% sure what you're getting from Pakistan, are you? You, you could be facing a side who are the equivalent of the world number one with the quality they have got, they really could turn it on and be a force. Equally, you could be playing the dog and duck second 11. They really do have a kind of 
such a, a wide spectrum of, uh, of performance levels that it, it, it's very hard to assess. But there is no doubt they have real quality within their squad. They are similar in a way to the West Indies in that they, like you say, they, they could have serious highs, but also serious lows in this uh, this series coming up. And the one thing that subcontinent sides always have, it's always a big question mark about them coming to England. We've seen Virat Kohli come and struggle in English conditions, is how their batsmen are going to fare on English tracks against the likes of Broad and Anderson. And that's a, a bit of an imponderable, isn't it, really? Yeah, it, you know, they, they are, as you say, they are pretty similar to the West Indies. They probably are a little bit further developed as a side and with a little bit more quality. However, the kind of experience of, of batting in English conditions for, for some of their players is pretty minimal. So you could get some batting difficulties. Of course you could. I mean, the likes of Azhar Ali, Sean Massoud have played plenty of cricket in England before. I mean, Sean Massoud went to university. I think up in up in Durham, where I am at the moment, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think he was there. And Azar has played quite a lot for Somerset, so you you would like to think that they would be able to to kind of steer the ship in a sense. Babar Azam as well, can't forget him. He, he's probably the, the pick of the bunch there. I, I'm kind of hesitating because it, it's just so difficult to say with Pakistan that they really are such a hard side to assess, really. It's interesting looking back at the recent history between these two sides on English soil. 2016-2018, England failed to beat Pakistan in their home series. You look at Old Trafford, they've played six times at Old Trafford. England won two, Pakistan won, and they've drawn three times in Manchester. Never played at the Aegeus Bowl, which is obviously where Test Match 2 and 3 are going to be played um, in the three-test match series. You know, even those stats, there's not a huge amount between these two sides, even in English conditions. The Pakistanis find a way, don't they, to, to compete. And you know, equally, you, you mentioned the bat, batting lineup there. You look at some of their bowlers. Some debate looking on, online about whether Yasir Shah will play, whether they're going to go with a, a full-strength spinner or whether um, Shadab Khan might play as a, as a spinning all-rounder. But you've got Nazim Shah, who's a 17-year-old pace man who could be anything, really. He could be absolutely fantastic in this series. Mohamed Abbas, who got eight wickets at Lords last time they were they, they were over here. Shaheen Afridi, who we saw for the first time when we were covering mm, yeah. the Emirates T20 a couple of years ago, and he won with the Lahore Qalandars out there, and he's gone from strength to strength since. They've got some real, yeah, some real firepower in the seam department. I always remember kind of walking around the hotel and and seeing him quite regularly in the lobby, thinking, uh, "Crack, he's a big lad." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wouldn't fancy facing him if he if he's a fast bowler. Anyway, it turned out that he wasn't. And it was pretty accurate that you know I wouldn't have fancied facing him because he is a he is a real handful, isn't he? They have got plenty in in both batting and bowling. They have got plenty of quality. Nazim Shah is is a real excitement machine, isn't he? And Mohammed Abbas is is a little bit the opposite in a sense. I, I, and I don't mean that in any disrespect to him at all. He is not particularly pacey, but he he just gets the best out of himself and is a, a very tricky customer as as Leicestershire fans will will tell you. Yeah, it's going to be really uh, going to be really interesting. We're going to have 20 units on each of the headline markets really for the series. It's going to start off with the, the series prediction. I'll give you the prices in just a second. Then we'll run through the uh, batting markets for each of the two sides and the bowling markets. 
and we'll have 20 units on each as we go through and then we'll finish with some bets on the uh, first test match 20 units to spend on the markets for the first test but let's let's start with the correct score markets i'm taking these off bet 365 england to win 1-0 17 to 2 england to win 2-0 is 13 to 5 england to win 2-1 4 to 1 england to win 3-0 19 to 10 pakistan to claim a 1-0 series of victories 33 to 1 pakistan 2-0 50 to 1 Pakistan to win 2-1 is 14 to 1. Pakistan to win 3-0 is 125 to 1. A 0-0 draw 66 is and a one-all draw is 13 to 2. So obviously those prices the bookies are suggesting England are favourites for this series, although the uh, English prices are slightly shorter. You can get value on Pakistan if you fancy them to win this test series. But for you, Graham, where which prices are you going? How are you going to spend your 20 units on this market? I think England will win the series. I think the, probably the most likely is 2-0. I fancy a draw somewhere along the line. I, I mean, I said this about the West Indies series. I, I just I just think that it would be a little bit of a surprise to me if you got through a home test match summer, six test, without a draw somewhere knocking around, um, especially with English weather and the, the difficulty to predict what you're going to get with that. I think 2-0 would be my, would be my prediction. Are you going to put all 20 units on 2-0? Yes, I think I am. Yeah, I don't think Pakistan will win the series, so I'm ruling out any of those correct score lines. I think England will be better for the the kind of gallop that, that they had against the West Indies, so to speak. Therefore, I don't think Pakistan will win a test, so I'm going to go 2-0. I think England will start better at, at Old Trafford. I, I don't think it's normal circumstances. We, we, we've already spoken about how they don't start particularly well in series. This is slightly different given the short turnaround. It's almost like the continuation of a series for me. So I think they should they shouldn't have problems in kind of starting well. So so two 0 is where I'm going to go. I find this market very hard to call because it, you know it all depends on what Pakistan you're going to get. And to be honest, with England, you're never quite sure what they're going to serve up in terms of their batting performances. The bowling, yeah, they can go toe to toe with the Pakistanis on, in the bowling department. The batting unit for England has shown signs of being a little bit more mature, a little bit more eager to actually um, take root at the crease and, and bat long. But you can see both of these bowling attacks having a day where it suddenly clicks for them, and all of a sudden, five quick wickets fall and um, a test match is almost done and dusted because either you know Shaheen Afridi or Mohammed Abbas suddenly get it to do all the talking or equally Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad etc so it's going to be fascinating I think this series and I think it's going to be a lot more keenly contested than the one between England and West Indies England obviously won that one 2-1 I'm going to split my stakes though I'm going to give myself a little bit of cover for the weather like you've just said I'm going to go England to win by two matches to one at four to one, and that's ten units on that. And I'm going to go for the one-all draw in the series at thirteen to two because I think this Pakistan side can certainly take a Test match in this three-match series. You look down there, their list of players. We'll get to a few of those in the, in a second on the individual markets, but I think they've got a, a got a win in them, but maybe not quite enough to actually claim the series and uh, and take the glory home. Cricket Badger Podcast is brought to you in association with tvsportsblog.com. Excellent sporting content. It's well worth a look and give them a follow on Twitter at tvsportsblog. Let's move on to the uh, top batsman markets, the top England batsman in the series. Joe Root's 9-4, to favourite to win this market. Ben Stokes is 3-1, to Rory Burns 7-2, to Dom Sibley 9-2, to Zach Crawley 6-1, to Ollie Pope is 6s as well. Joss Butler's in there at 10s. 
Chris Wokes is 50s and the rest are 100 to 1 or bigger. I'll go first on this one, Graham, and I would think I would kick myself after backing Joe Root throughout the West Indies series. I would kick myself if I avoided him in this market and then he came up trumps. It's starting in Old Trafford. You can get some very good batting wickets down at the Aegeus Bowl as well, which again possibly brings the draw into play if the weather's decent um, over the next few weeks. Talking three weeks, basically, because these matches are back-to-back-to-back again. It's the same kind of nature as the West Indies series. So Joe Root at 9-4 to is going to take 10 of my 20 units, um, but I'm also going to go a little bit lower down to try and get a little bit of value as well. And I'm going to go down to Ollie Pope, who is the 6-1 to shot in the market, I think he's had a, had a rough series against the West Indies. The first two test matches were a little bit disappointing from his point of view. He looked absolutely superb for his 91, though, in the third test match. And I think if he takes that form into this series, then we could see Ollie Pope really shine in the second half of this curtailed summer. So, Jerry, 10 units at 9 to 4, and Ollie Pope, 10 units at 6 to 1. How about you? I'm going to follow you with the root stuff. And the other one, I think I would go. 15 on route and the other one I quite like I, I think is is an excellent player has has done pretty well as a as an England own probably probably a little bit better than pretty well actually is Rory Burns I think he is due a, a score therefore I'm going to take five units on Burns the England batting sorted out we'll go on to the Pakistan batting and just before we do this I'll, I'll run you down how that uh, Pakistan side should look ready for the, the first test match Shan Masood will open with Abid Ali that's the opening partnership that Pakistan seem to um, want to try and give as much chance to as possible Abid Ali is averaging 107 a couple of test matches he's played Azhar Ali at number 3 Babar Azam at 4 Asad Shafiq at number 5 fairly stubborn middle order batsman then you've got um, the chance of uh, Mohamed Rizwan, the wicketkeeper, to maybe be at number six, or Fawad Alam to be in there if they play uh, an extra batsman to try and give themselves some batting cover. So that's the kind of top of the order for Pakistan as we go into this series. I'll read you out the the markets then as Babar Azam, eleven to four favourite to be the top Pakistan series batsman. Azhar Ali is in there at three to one. Imam Ul Haq, who is unlikely to play, I think, is at three to one. Sean Massoud is four to one. Abid Ali is fives. Shafiq is six to one. Fawad Alam is ten to one. And the rest are sixteen to one or bigger. Go with you first on this one, Graham. How are you spending your twenty units here? Well, I'm gonna go I'm gonna split them pretty evenly. Well, I'll just split them as evenly as possible, actually. Ten, 10 and 10. I'm going to go 10 on Babar Azam. I think he is quality. I think he's a Rolls Royce of a player. Really do. He's had success in England recently with, with Somerset, albeit in T20 cricket. I think he played one championship game last year. His quality is, is undeniable. And the other one is Shafiq. I think he is such an industrious cricketer. He's one of those who, very underrated, goes about his business. And every time I seem to see him, he, he's always scoring runs. So I'm going to go with him as well. You know, if you, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not particularly keen on the opening partnership, especially with the with the form that Broad is in and the quality that Anderson has. So I fancy England to have the better of that battle. Therefore, you're looking a little bit further down the order, and I'm going to go Azam and Shafiq. I'm going to go slightly against you, but I'm going to go with you with the uh, Babar Azam because he's hard to ignore, isn't he? He's favourite in this market for a reason. 25 years old, 
He's averaged more in test matches, Graham, since the start of 2018 than anybody else in the world. He scored 1,375 runs at 65.48. That's the highest of anybody with over 1,000 test runs in that same period. Where, but, does Steve, where does Steve Smith come into that? He's just short of the... Minus Labuschagne is, is next and Steve Smith's third in that same period. Oh, and as Smith qualifies, does he, with 1,000 runs? Yes. It just given, shows you, doesn't it? Work? Given the form... Yeah, it does. And, and given the form that, that old Marnus has been in fairly recently, I, I, I'm not going to say his surname because... Last time I said his surname on, on this podcast, you um, you had a little bit of a go at me for saying it correctly or incorrectly. I can't remember which <laughs> way it was, so I'm just going to stick with Marnus. But he um, comes, it comes um, from Bolton, listen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's had some some right old form, hasn't he, over the last twelve months or so, both in England and, and in Australia as well. So, so it's a fair effort for for Baba to um, for Baba Azam to to be topping that list. Well, Baba's gone to Australia and he scored centuries, but yeah, 1,375 runs at 65.48 since the start of 2018. That is some effort. And he's he's a clever little cricketer as well. He, he, he seems to be able to adapt his game for conditions. He's going to have to do that against the, the likes of Broad and Anderson, but I think he's uh, more than capable of doing that. As you said, Asad Shafiq is well worth a look at uh, probably number five in their order as well. But I'm going to go with um, 15 of my units on Baba Azam. And I'm going to put five as a little bit of a punt on Abid Ali, who is um, five to one in that same market. Barbara Zami's 11 to four. Abid Ali is going to be opening the batting. I, I take what you say, and that would be my worry with that bet, that maybe with the new ball, Broad and Anderson cut, maybe can take the openers out. But that's why he's taking five and not the, not 10. He's going to get five and 15 on Barbara Zam. So that's our, our bets on the Pakistani batsman. Fed up of collecting your team's matchday subs? Worried about carrying cash post-COVID-19? Try slateapp.co.uk. Less contact than contactless. Slate, the smartest way to collect weekly match fees and more. Download the app, slateapp.co.uk. Not just for cricket, any clubs that collect subs. It just makes sense. Stick it on the slate. Slateapp.co.uk. Let's uh, move on then to the uh, bowling markets here. And we saw Stuart Broad in phenomenal form after being left out of that first test match. There's going to be, I think, a little bit of rotation in this series as well. And that's something to bear in mind with your series bets, listeners, because we saw England not really, well, they didn't, did they? Feel the same bowling attack twice in that series against West Indies. I think as well, Graham, although we've mentioned uh, Mohammed Abbas and Shaheen Afridi, they've got some really good pacemen. I think Pakistan will probably take a leaf out of England's book as well and maybe try and avoid the pitfalls that West Indies fell into because there was no doubt that despite Shannon Gabriel being a great bowler, he was falling to pieces by the end of that third test match. And I think Pakistan might just do a little bit of rotation with their seamers as well as we go through this series. So that's to be borne in mind when we look at the uh, the bowling markets here. But Jimmy Anderson starts for England at 12 to 5. Stuart Broad is the same price. Joffre Archer is 3 to 1. Chris Wokes is 4 to 1. Mark Woods 5 to 1. Sam Curran 6s. Ben Stokes is 6s. Don Bess is 13 to 2. Joe Root is 100 to 1 in this market. I'll go first, Graham, on this one. It's hard to ignore Stuart Broad in the form that he's in at the moment. If you're going to make me choose between Anderson and Broad on the form that they've shown so far this summer, you'd have to say Broad, wouldn't you? So they're both the same price. You would at the moment, yeah. Yeah, so they're both the same price. So I'm, I'm going to take Broad in that market. I'm going to put 10 of my units on him at 12 to 5. And I'm going to put the other 10 
on Don Bass. And I'm staying with him because I think he's a cracking little bowler and I think England will persevere with him as they have done in this first test squad. He's 13-2 to and for all the same reasons I gave against the West Indies, I think he's somebody that will take wickets, will probably play all three test matches and that'll give him a chance. He obviously needs to get bowled in some of those test matches. He didn't get bowled hardly at all in that third test match, did he? So that uh, kind of scuppered that bet on Don Bess against the West Indies. But Broad at 12-5 to takes 10. Don Bess at 13-2 to takes my other 10. I, I was thinking kind of Broad Anderson as well, really. It's a real toss-up. Can I split my units across three bowlers? Of course you can. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll just throw something... While you're thinking about that, I'm just going to throw something else into the um, into the equation here, which I didn't really take into account when I just said what I've said. During the World Cup last year, can you remember that Pakistan-West Indies game at Trent Bridge, I think it was, when West Indies basically went back to the brutal kind of fast bowling against Pakistan batsmen and really shook them up and bowled them out cheaply and beat them quite handsomely in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, um, it was very early on, wasn't it? Yeah, it makes you wonder if um, maybe ignoring Joffre Archer and, and uh, Mark Wood might yeah, be a mistake well, was, in this one. Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was thinking Archer, certainly. He, he was going to be one of the three. Let's go 10 and 10. Broad and Archer. I, I think Archer's going to have the bit between his teeth. I think uh, I think a, a lot has gone on that's that's maybe rattled him over the last couple of weeks. He's had a little bit of a break. He's gone back home to Hove. It's fine for him to do that at the moment. There's, there's no issues with that. I realised there were issues a couple of weeks ago. And apparently, he's been walking his dog round round the ground at Hove while Sussex have been playing in their, in their Bob Willis Trophy opener. I think he's been spotted doing that. So, so he's obviously fairly relaxed about about the situation at the moment. Um, I, I think he's too good not to have a performance or two in him somewhere along the line. I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go ten on broad as well because the the form he's shown has been has been quite exceptional. The, the one thing I would say, I, the the reason I wouldn't discourage anybody from going for Jimmy Anderson as well because because he's going to be on his on his home ground again. He's he's not really contributed massively yet, has he? Without doing anything wrong, and usually again a little bit like what I've just said with Archer, you very rarely go through a home summer without Anderson taking. 10 wickets in the match somewhere or getting close. He's bowling well as well because I thought in that third test match he could have quite easily had the headlines instead of Stuart Broad. He he took two early wickets, he bowled really economically, he then had a, a wicket kind of turned down on review and you felt at the time if he picked up a third there and continued then it could be four, five, six and Jimmy Anderson would have been the star of the show. It didn't quite work out mm. for him there but there's always a performance in Jimmy somewhere, isn't there? There is, there is and who's to say it won't come on his home ground? He's not far away from 600 either. So that's something to bear in mind as we go through this Pakistan Test series. He's going to, he's going to have to he's going to have to take 10 wickets in the match, isn't he? If, if not a little bit more. What what is he on now? 680, 690, something along those lines. Without looking at the stats, it'd be a fairy tale story if he did it at Old Trafford, taking his 600 wicket from the Jimmy Anderson end. He is currently on 589. So he'd need an 11 for his best bowling he'd in innings. Need an 11 in, for in the match. Yeah. yeah, his best bowling in the match yeah. is 11 for 71. So if he rep case that he gets to 600 in the same breath but you imagine that he's going to play at least two of the test matches during this series and if he bowls anything like he's got every chance hasn't he of getting to 600 this summer yeah completely let's go through the pakistan bowlers and i'll get let you have first dibs on this one with the 20 units but Mohammed abbas is favorite he's 11 to 4 shaheen afridi is 3 to 1 yasir shah 100 to 30 nazim shah is in there at 7 to 2 
Wahab Riaz, who was retired from Test cricket but has been brought back into the Test squad, the 20 man Test squad that Pakistan have in England. He's 7 to 2. Sahel Khan is a 4 to 1 shot. And then the rest are 4 to 1 or bigger. I'll just see if there's any. Shadab Khan's in there at 11 to 2, but that's pretty much uh, it in terms of the main protagonist, I think, in this market. Where are you looking here? Shaheen Afridi. He is the one for me. I think he is a, an exceptional bowler, an exceptional talent, and he quite regularly seems to pick up, especially when I've watched him, certainly in, in one-day cricket as well, but he seems to pick up quite a lot of wickets against the tail. So a, a decent option to mop up tails. I can see him getting getting a fair few wickets, certainly if he, if he kind of performs First up as well, and, and, and at the top of the order, I can see him kind of really coming home with that with that market. And I'm going to go 15 on him. The other five, I'm going to I'm going to go with Shadab Khan. You know, he's a little bit of a kind of mystery bowler, isn't he? He's he's one of these who who's not quite the conventional leg spinner. Balls it quite quickly, quite flat. And I can see England getting in a little bit of trouble against him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have five on him. For, for me, I've got to remember that this is a competition between me and you and you won the West Indies series competition. So I need to bounce back here. I'm very tempted with, with Shaheen Afridi and I'm going to go five units on him just so that you don't get too far ahead of me if he does what we all expect him to do and bowl really well in this series. But I'm going to put my other 15 units across, almost equally across two other bowlers. Yasir Shah is their experienced spinner. And a very good spinner as well. His test record is, is phenomenal. But he's picked up most of his wickets in favourable conditions to him. And looking at the way the coaches are talking ahead of this series, he's not guaranteed to play. So I'm taking Yasir Shah out of the equation. So I'm going to put five of my units on um, Nazim Shah, who is the 17-year-old speedster who could really make a name for himself this summer over the next three weeks because he's got pretty much everything. And... Yeah, bowls are fairly... Probably, probably unlikely to play three tests as a 17-year-old, though, isn't he, back-to-back? Um, possibly, but maybe all of them are, so... Yeah, yeah but... well, yeah, that's that's the point, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've I've not seen him live, but I've seen a, seen a few clips of him, and he, he tends to bowl it full, he brings the LBW into play, doesn't he? He kind of, he's pretty nippy, and then he can, a bit of late movement as well, could cause all kinds of trouble if he gets the right conditions for him. So it's going to be five on Shaheen Afridi, five on Nazim Shah, and I'm going to put ten on Mohamed Abbas at 11-4, to four because in English conditions, with the Duke's ball, he's already shown he can do it. Has it on a string at times, isn't he? Kind of frustrates the batsman a little bit. A bit Jimmy Anderson-esque, isn't he, in, in terms of regular line and length, just nipping it around and doing his stuff. So ten of my units goes on Mohamed Abbas at 11-4. to four. Let's go into the first Test Match markets and we'll do our preview of the first Test Match now. Old Trafford, of course, you have 20 units to spend on these markets. We're looking at the Bet365 website, but the prices all around are pretty much the same. In terms of how you would take your 20 into this one, how how are you going to spend them? I'm going to go Joe Root. I'm going to split my stakes on Joe Root. One for him to be top batsman and one for him to score a century. I'm expecting a big test from from Rooty. Um, likes Old Trafford. And for him to score a century in the match, which was something that, that I, I quite like that market in the in the West Indies series. I think it came home for me with, with Ben Stokes in the Old Trafford test. And I'm going to go those two for him to be top bat, 10 units. That's the first innings, isn't it, of course? And then for him to score a hundred in the match, 
so so yeah that's that that's my 20 units on uh, on that i'm going to go with a very conservative one with my first bet here i'm going to put 15 of my 20 units on this one it relates a little bit to what we've just been talking about but four to seven is the price so i'm not going to make myself rich in this market well not unless i have a wheelbarrow full of cash and gamble responsibly it's not necessarily advisable um, but four to seven for England to have the highest first innings partnership for the opening partnership. I think the way Sibley and Burns have started to develop a bit of an understanding. Sibley's shown that he can cling on like a limpet and stay there all day. Sibley's, I mean, the risk in this one is that Sibley either gets naught or he gets 50 or he gets 100. There's no kind of middle ground with Dom Sibley at the moment. But I'm going to go with uh, him actually getting some runs in this one. Rory Burns the same. So 15 units at 4-7 to seven on England, having the highest first wicket partnership in this test match at Old Trafford. And then my uh, final five goes on the player of the match market. So I always like these in any forms of cricket because they give you big prices. And there's obviously a risk and it's a little bit of a hunch bet because you never quite know exactly what's going to happen during a test match. But that's half the battle, isn't it? And you've got all five days to play for you as well. You know, if your player hasn't come to the party until midway through the third afternoon, it's not too late for him to change the game and still pick up this market. And I'm going to go with Jimmy Anderson in this one. I'm going to put my five units on him at nine to one to be player of the match. It gives me a little bit of cover as well. I've taken broad and best in the uh, series markets. But Jimmy at Old Trafford to come to the party in this first test match against Pakistan and to maybe even take that 11 wickets that he needs to get to 600. It'd be a fairy tale, wouldn't it, if it happened? We don't always get fairy tales. We've had quite a few, though, with the England team over the last couple of years. So Jimmy, five units at 9-1 to one to be the player of the match at Old Trafford. It's that Badger style. That concludes our first preview of this uh, Pakistan tour, this test element of that Pakistan tour. We've got some one-dayers as well coming after we got through the three test matches. But it's one to look forward to, this one, Graeme, isn't it? Because Pakistan, as we've said before, you never quite know what you're going to get with the Pakistan side. They can be absolutely blooming terrible. They could be absolutely phenomenal. You think back to some of the great players they've had down the years. They've never consistently played as a side, but there's signs that they're starting to do that. I'm really looking forward to watching Babra Zam, Shaheen Afridi, some of their young talent racing in and batting long periods and really testing England because I want England to win. But this summer for me, as we said a little bit during the West Indies trip, it's about just having cricket to watch. And the results are important, but they're not at the forefront of my mind. I just want a really hard-fought, good test series. And this one could be interesting, England-Pakistan. Yeah, I mean, the whole se- the whole tour is going to be is going to be fascinating because let, let's remember back to the one the kind of one day stuff as well. Pakistan beat England on the way to that World Cup trophy last year. Yeah, it was only one match, but you know they they were the ones who who almost upset the apple cart and really really kind of started a a little bit of a, a mid-tournament wobble, didn't they, that, that, that almost had England out of that competition. So that's going to be a, a, an interesting series as well, certainly dependent on who plays, you know, on what, on, on what teams are picked. But I, I digress a bit. I accept that. Yes, this is going to be a, a fascinating test series. It's quite a, a tough one to predict because you, you're not 100% sure still with the with all the covid stuff preparation time that certainly pakistan have had i mean england are, are reasonably well set up having just played a three test series but pakistan still could come into it quite cold on preparation terms 
and there's such an unpredictable side to go with that. So, so if I if I kind of was betting with real money, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be kind of diving in with with huge stakes. Certainly not until you've seen the first test match. Probably to have a little bit of a taster in this first one, and then maybe up your stakes once you've got a little bit of a clue from test match two onwards. I think that's probably the uh, the best advice because we always want you to gamble responsibly and. If you want to play along with us as we go through this England against Pakistan test series, then please do. And uh, you can always let me know how you're getting on at cricket underscore badger. Graham Hartcastle, as always, a pleasure. And I'll catch up with you ahead of the second test match. No props. Take care. See you soon. Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.